Welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Stories That Shape Us is a daily podcast where I share my perspective on how different experiences influence our view of self, how we interact with others, and how we show up in the world. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Stories That Shape Us. I'm Joanna Daniel. Thank you for joining me on Stories That Shape Us. Thank you for uh, sending your feedback, your comments, your questions. This is a really special series I'm starting for this week, and it's how to really heal from religious trauma and hold on to your faith. It's I, I see it reflected in women who are healing from domestic abuse. Sometimes there's a spiritual layer that needs to be healed. I see it in women who are healing from sexual trauma. Sometimes there's a spiritual element to be healed. I see it in women healing the mother-daughter relationship. There's a spiritual component to be healed. And I see it in so many different places where people are healing from from one trauma. Sometimes this is an added piece that they need to heal. So if you you are here and you've experienced some, some challenges in religious setting and you are really struggling, I understand there are many people who understand your journey and so throughout this week, I'm going to share how to how to tackle that, how to see it for what it is, how to heal it, and but hold on to your faith because sometimes, sometimes processing it, we uh, there are people who um, I was going to say lose their hold on Christ, lose their faith because the 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 people who uh, did the spiritual trauma has such spiritual authority that it's like their words and God's is mixed up. And sometimes we don't know who is talking. Is that God or is that them? And I think sometimes when we don't know the word for ourselves, then whatever people tell us, then we, we accept it and we go with it. And I mean, I, I've been guilty of that where I've not questioned things and I've just accepted it because of who says it. And um just kind of blindly go along until I realize that I no longer want to accept that I I no longer believe that I know I no longer agree with that I don't even think it's a part of our um, denominational beliefs at all because I believe that that's coming from somewhere else and it's influence it's coming from somewhere else and it's been packaged in a way that made it um made it seem like it's something that we need to obey and something that we have to do in order to be saved. And we know that all these additional extras sometimes are not any, not anything to do with salvation and people make them something to do with salvation. And if you don't, if you don't believe it and if you don't follow it, then, then you're going to be lost. And they put real fear into people. And this fear sometimes drive you away from something that you, you subscribe to because you fell in love with God not because somebody said something and so so especially if these people that is in authority is are abusers in other respects not just spiritual abusers um when they they want their words to be obeyed without question and they're not god they're man and it's better to obey god rather than man but when they say things they want it to be obeyed and not questioned they want you to just believe what they say and not have an opinion. You're not allowed to express that opinion if you have one. And it's kind of, who are you? And I think sometimes, although women do it as well, sometimes men are the people who are in leadership and spiritual authority. 
that want to have unquestioned authority. And when anything is questioned, it's synonymous with sinning, and it's not. And when it's packaged in that way, when it's packaged in that way, then it takes away from what you went to do to connect, to build community, to, to grow with people in a safe community. And it makes the community unsafe. And so people are just voting with their feet. And I, and I say this for people all the time. That's what adults do. We vote with our feet. We leave. We don't, we don't say anything, but off we go. They, you know, children might ask questions and in their innocence, they ask questions and they're challenged, but adults will vote with their feet, they'll leave. Um, so here's some two things to do if you have experienced virtual trauma, if you have been harmed, if people have used the word of God to harm you, there are two things to do. It's identify the rupture, identify the pain, the, the damage, where did it happen? What happened and what was it? What did it look like? It's really important to identify that um, because we don't want to also go along with another crowd of people who are talking a certain kind of way. We don't quite know what our problem is or where the, the damage happened for us, what the harm is for us. We need to be able to identify that. What is it that was harmful to you and what are the things that you have to unlearn? For example, in some, some Christian community, homeschooling is, is done, is recognized, everybody there does it. But with, even within that community, you have to use a particular curriculum or you're not accepted in certain groups within homeschooling community. Um, because certain curriculum is seen as the one that will save you and that's it, right? And then even, even, within, even within that, there are other little groups again who dresses a certain way. Some people glorify poverty and there are different things within the community that people do that is really extremely harmful. Um, and there's some people who will not teach their children um, any kind of academics because it's seen as wrong or um, bad. And when, when I say my children are getting ready for exams, people, some people look shocked, some people look relieved. It's a range of, of, of um, expressions that I get. And one woman said yesterday, as she said, homeschooling doesn't mean no schooling, right? And, and I have to agree with that because I get to talk to people who their parents homeschooled them but didn't give them academics and now they're adults in this world struggling to navigate. And so they're experiencing a level of, of, of trauma that is influenced by religious beliefs. And so that's why it's important to identify where the damage was for you. What was it? Was it a part of that? Was it um, doctrines that was forced on you? Was it people who come together and decide on something and decide that this is what we ought to be? And if we're going to be Christians and, and going to heaven, these are the things that we must do. And if you don't do it, then you don't fit into our group and then you're not good enough. Or what what, what was, you know, is it in dressing and eating and how your hair is done and in where you live in how you live in how you raise your children and the games that you play in the home? how you interact, whether or not you believe that the, this graphic that I see going around with the umbrella, with the, with, um, the husband, with God, the husband, the wife, the children, the pets, you know, it's just like this hierarchy, whether or not you believe the hierarchy, you subscribe to it and it harmed you, or what, what, what was it where the rapture occur for you? And as I go throughout this week, I'm going to talk about just 
just go a little bit more deeper into some of these that I'm and I'm listing um, areas where people have experienced the damage and we need to find it so we can do the work of repair. Now we're gonna we heal in communities, but we're not gonna heal in the community that caused the harm. So we're gonna have to leave the community that caused the harm in order to heal. Otherwise, healing won't happen because you're living in a place of stress. You're living in a place of distress. You're living in a place that uh, you're ostracized or abandoned. And it's never going to be, it's, that's not, that means that's not a healthy environment for you. And so unless people become aware of themselves and understand the, the, uh, the harm that they've created and have apologized and is working to change, it's never going to be safe for you to be in, in that space continually. So identify where the, the damage occur for you. And number two, find a place that is safe to heal. Find a place that is safe to heal. Now that might be really challenging because you've experienced the harm. It might be really challenging for you to go make yourself vulnerable again, go put yourself at risk again, go, go try to connect with a group again. Whether or not you, you can find people that agree and believe similar things to you and what, what that might look like and how it might be. Are they going to be judgmental too? Or are they going to accept me because I was in the other group, you know? And sometimes I find liberal groups and conservative, liberal groups and conservative groups have similar problems where both are judgmental, just in different ways. So the liberals judge the conservative and the conservatives, the liberal, and everybody's judging each other. And everybody think they're not judgmental, but we all make judgments. We all have opinions and ideas about people and things. What, what the, the difference, the, the separating difference is our ability to admit that and our ability to, to allow ourselves to learn and to grow and to get to know other people and to understand their frame of reference. That's what makes the difference, that we can own it, that we can be prepared to be open-minded and we can learn from it. So if you find groups of people that are learning and growing and they're where vulnerability is acceptable and okay and everybody's everybody's taking that risk and not some people taking it and others aren't taking it when everybody's taking everybody's prepared to take that risk then that's safety that might be a safe place where you can start to deal as you're healing from the harm and the damage that occur. So that's two, find where the damage is, find what the damage is and find a group that is safe enough for you to begin to heal. And there are many places that are safe. There are many that are not, but there are many that are safe. And even within the larger um, church community, you might find small groups of people where there's safety. So find a group that is safe for you, what, what, what safety, also work out what safety would represent for you. What would you want? What would you want from a, a, a religious community? Find what that it means for you and stay there and thrive. I hope you get to find one where you can stay, where you can thrive, where you can be yourself, where you can grow, where you can learn, where you can understand more about you and more about why you subscribe and, and, um, and again, and grow. So thank you for joining me in this episode of Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story.